Hey guys, Sklar Brothers here with Dan Van Kirk. Yes. From Dumb People Town, and we've got Adam from Adam Ruins Everything. Adam Conover on the show this Hello. week. Hello. Good time in Dumb People Town, right? I mean, you like to make people smarter. When they finish watching your show That's what I try and to do. listen to your podcast, they try and be smarter. We are going to not be focusing on those people in this, <laughs> in this episode. No, but we are going to focus on possibly the greatest eyewitness to any one of our stories. Mulver. 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 The first story Mulver. has one of the greatest Dumb People Town characters everywhere ever and he didn't actually do anything wrong <laughs> check it out today's episode is brought to you by last rampage the new true crime film starring robert patrick heather graham and bruce davison and we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie so uh, my name is alvaro rodriguez i'm the screenwriter for the last rampage as a writer to me i'm less interested in genre and more interested in character and, you know, I've written in a lot of different genres, you know, um, kind of horror genre, thriller or action movie or kids movie or, you know, different kinds of things. And it was always more, I was always more interested in character and hadn't really quite done something like this before, but was just uh, really drawn to this idea of, um, of a guy like Gary Tyson who, you know, had been in and out of institutions from the time he was, you know, a kid um, and uh, and having sort of raised three sons from behind bars uh, and how these three sons kind of grew up in the church of Gary and thinking that their father had been, you know, unjustly accused and unjustly convicted and all of this stuff that they were getting fed um, from their mom, Dorothy, who's played in the film by Heather Graham. So to me, it was just, I was interested in telling that kind of a story, telling a family story. You know, to me, the most interesting stories are family-centered in, in some way. You know, they're elemental stories. They're stories that um, go back to, you know, to the most intimate and elemental parts of ourselves. So the idea of fathers and sons, you know, there's a line in the script about, in the movie about that, um, you know, where Gary tells his oldest son, you know, Donnie, there's only one law you got to worry about, you know, and that's a law of fathers over sons. And the only way you're going to, you know, get past that is, you know, by this, you know, by dying, basically. But kind of threatens him a little bit. But um, so that was really you know, the touchstone for me, uh, trying to figure out how to tell that story. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters September 22nd and available for on-demand pre-order August 22nd. Find out more on Twitter by following at Last Rampage Film or on Facebook.com slash Last Rampage Film. Welcome to the X-Files Files. I'm your host, Kamal Nanjiani. Uh, today, I said my name word, Kamal Nanjiani. Hi, I'm your host, Kamal Nanjiani. 
Um, today, we're talking about two episodes. Piper Maru, named after Scully's daughter. Nope, Gillian Anderson's daughter. Not Scully's daughter. And Apocrypha. This is where the black oil shows up. Um, and the guest today is Michael McMillan, who's a first-time guest. But I met him a little while ago. He's uh, You guys know him from True Blood, probably. And he's also in the next season of HBO show Silicon Valley. Um, so, yeah, you know the usual stuff, reddit.com slash xfilesfiles, um, email me at thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. I said I wouldn't forget, and now I've forgotten. Yes, thexfilesfiles at gmail.com. I was right. The big news, of course. The big news. Emily, what's the big news? Uh, hashtag xfiles2015. But what's the big news? It's going to happen. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's definitely going to happen. I, well, not definitely. Mm. They've said that they want to do it. Kumail, do you have any insider information you can reveal? I will tell you this. I had insider information two days before I heard that it was going to happen. And you'll see when I am interviewing Max Silvestri, which is going to be in a couple of weeks, I actually mentioned, like, hey, I bet there's going to be an announcement pretty soon. That was a couple of days that was like the day before Fox announced it, mm -hmm. but I had heard a few days before that that something was going to happen. Well, now you're just going to sound like a, a dummy in that episode. I'm going to sound like a dummy, yeah. I'm going to be like, hey, uh, that's my guess. By the time this episode comes out, something will have worked. Next day, they announced it. So and both yeah. of them are coming back. I think both of them will come back. Yes. Can we talk about another X-Files related news? You should be watching season two of The Fall on on uh, Netflix. Yes. Brutal, brutal show. Really, really good show. Uh, they're both on Netflix. Uh, really great show. Watch it. She's great in it. And Jamie Dornan's in it. And he's great. And I was at a party post-Golden Globes. That's right. And I told our friend, mm -hmm. two of our friends, uh, one of them, I won't name them, they might not like to be named. I Maybe was like, that? hey, they had no idea who Jamie Dornan was. Like, I was like, well, that guy's great. And the, uh, one of them had won a Golden Globe. So she had a Golden Globe in her hand. In her hand. And she felt like she was the king of the world. She kind of was. She kind of is. She's awesome. But she took over and she's like, hey, this is Kamel. And he was like, hey. And we just kind of looked at each other for... I was like, hey, I really like the fall. It was so awkward. And then these dames showed up and he started talking to the dames and I was like, thank God. Yeah, because he's about to be the lead of Fifty Shades of Grey, which who knows how that's going to be. I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, I know what it is, but I don't get it. Right, but you knew him from the thing. So you were like hipstering him. You were like, I knew you before. Yeah. I, I, like, I, I liked you, you when you were an underwear model, Jamie Dornan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I liked his under, under, underwear raps. As, as you were like, oh, nice to meet you, Jamie Dornan. Did you know I do a, pod, a podcast with the X-Files? Uh, uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, this is about the X-Files. It's not about Jamie Dornan. It's not about his underwear. Uh, but, uh, yep, so there's going to be, I think there's going to be new episodes. At the earliest, it would be next year. They haven't written it. The deals aren't done. Jillian Anderson's on like three TV shows right now, so I don't know how it's gonna work out timing-wise. But I bet it's gonna be some kind of ten-episode miniseries or something on Fox. And um, yeah, uh, so it'll but these great. it'll be great. But these two episodes are uh, really good. Uh, big big mythology episodes. Hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy it. 
Hey, so Michael McMillan is here. Hello. Hey, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me. From True Blood. Yes. I have to admit, I've, I haven't watched the show. That's okay. But I've admitted that I haven't watched things you're in. Yeah, that's fine. Except for Silicon Valley and, and The Meltdown. Well, you're also in the next season of Silicon oh, Valley. Oh, can we say that? I think we can say that. I don't that's think fine. we can. It's fine to say that you're in it. Not, I'm not a big mystery. We can't say what what I do. I guess we can't say that. I don't know. No. It's not, but it's not like a big mysterious. No. So now we've made it, built it up like. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be like some serial killer guy. But I just know that when we on True Blood, we couldn't mention anything. We would get in so much trouble. Really? Yeah. Oh, and that's HBO. Now too. you're going to get flagged by HBO. Well, but that show is much more of like a nerd secret like it's what's going to happen show although I know this Silicon Valley is like oh what are the I twists? bet there's some nerds who are pretty excited about what happens next yeah well I like it because it is like a story driven comedy very like, much there's so. a lot that happens but you're you're in one episode and you're really funny in it and oh, it's a really fun part it's a really it was the last episode we shot before the break and it was really, really fun. I had a great time doing that. I had yeah. the best time. And I know we'd met through Anna Camp, who's your... Anna Camp, who played my wife on True Blood. Yes. And I know her through yeah. Skylar, who's her fiancé. I guess. Yes. They're dating. Are they engaged? I think they're engaged. Oh, yeah. Them. They're engaged. But you're a big X-Files fan. I am. And have you been forever since it was on? Well, so uh, okay, like most... Fans, I kind of came into it a little bit later. Actually, around the time that this is perfect timing for me. This to is step when you in. were coming in. This is when I was really getting into it. I was a big, I, I was always a big paranormal, ghosts, aliens, big stuff. old nerd, big old nerd, fascinated with aliens. I, like your wife, was terrified, terrified of ET, and also loved ET. Right. So okay. much. My parents kept taking me to that movie despite the fact I would wake up screaming in the middle of the night because I thought E.T. was at my window or in my closet. Yeah. So fascinated by aliens. He's supposed to be cute. He is. But that's the thing that's terrible. You can't. I just couldn't trust him. But you know what? It's initially, sure, you can't trust him. No. You can't trust E.T. You e. can't trust an alien? Oh, my God. No. You can't trust E.T.? No. Well, the thing is, they do characters with big eyes are more trustable. Like, that's like the right. thing, right? And he was based on, what was it, a picture of uh, Al, uh, uh, Einstein and... What was that, right? It was somebody that they, they composited a picture of Einstein and like a cat. I can't remember. It was like oh, something. That seems perfect. Yeah. It's not. The other half of it is not a cat. There are people who are probably listening and getting it's frustrated. It's not a cat. It's not a cat, but it was like Albert Einstein and somebody saw, else. And, and uh, Spielberg supposedly went like, oh, that's E.T. And then they based it on that. Wow. Yeah. But he also looked like a shriveled dying penis. Yes, he did. That lit up. Are you telling me you weren't turned on when he's in drag? A <laughs> little bit? A little bit. Yeah. Not as much as when Bugs Bunny's in drag. Or when the a Gremlins woman. Oh, she she was kind of, I think she did it for me more yeah, than E.T. Certainly. Because she was very sexual. She was really into she it. She was looking to get she it. She wore that wig. She was looking <laughs> to get it. Oh, no. This is. <laughs> she was on the prowl. Yeah. She was on the prowl. So today we're talking about two episodes. Piper Maru and Apocrypha and these are big mythology episodes and people are like hey I should recap the episodes yes. a little bit well this is the one where the black oil shows up you call it the black oil I call it the oilian oilian I I've never heard oilian that's crazy oilian's pretty good everyone in my circle who watched the show called it the oilian you guys came up with that I think it was just us it's pretty good 
It's it's. I think the pun and the play on it is a lot more fun than just a black oil because black I, oil doesn't tell you what it does. No, oilian is like, oh, it's an oily alien. Also, black oil is maybe a little redundant because most oil is black, unless it's cooking oil. Yeah, or it could something. be vegetable oil. Yeah, I guess it could be canola yeah. or olive. <laughs> I, I take that back. Oilian's better. They uh, also call it black cancer. That's another they do. term. Yeah, um, black that can- I have never heard of. Black cancer is another term for it. Wait, for oil in general or the oil? Yeah, just the oil in general is called the, black cancer yeah, because it's the black cancer that's yeah. destroying the uh, world yes well that's really interesting because i was i didn't even think of that i was reading a review of it i talk about this guy a lot darren mooney yes. and he kind of pointed it out that oil is this thing that uh so much of our foreign policy is based on getting oil and stuff and our dependence on it and it's a sort of uh in this show it becomes this sort of evil malevolent presence that sort of destroying Earth, which right. is kind of what our dependence on, on oil is doing. So and which the old white rich dudes are obsessed with. Right. It's pretty and, cool. I hadn't yeah. even put that together. No, it's true. I mean, and that all plays into that sort of otherness and the paranoia of some 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 other foreign entity having yeah. power over us. Yeah, which is like the Middle East or whatever, right. those, or Russia or whoever right. has or the oil. Yeah. The economy in general yeah. or just capitalism. Now I'm just name now I'm just listing things. <laughs> These are things that are <laughs> jealousy, yeah. <or> rage, <laughs> uh, um, intimacy issues. <laughs> yeah, but bad issues. Go, before we move on uh, not to take up too much time, but I I wanted to say how I got into X-Files was I was a Obsessed with sightings, which was you know this paranormal show about right. aliens and abductions. I don't know it. And I thought X Files was like a spinoff of sightings. So you thought it was real? I thought it was going to be like we're reenacting real accounts. So I watched the first episode. And I was like, oh, this is cool, but it's not a documentary. No. So I left it for a while. And then I came you back You were such a nerd. You I was, only wanted yeah. to watch UFO documentaries. Right, right, right. Just right. the real shit. Yeah. And I thought David Duchovny was kind of boring early it t- on. It takes a little bit because he is so understated. And yeah. he's, uh, he's so, um, he seems so flat. Right. Especially in the beginning. Yes. But then you sort of come to he, l- love really accept yeah. his brilliance and, he, and the both of them i mean and he snaps into it too like yeah. it takes him a little it takes them both a little well, bit we forget i think we forget just how different this show was when it came on it really was a weird show and i know you've mentioned this before but like now everything is like a sci-fi fun sci-fi everything show. is sci-fi everything is x-files now yeah even csi is x-files you've kind of brought yeah. that up but at the time I, I i literally didn't as a freshman in high school i was like i really don't know what to make of the show because most shows about UFOs are documentaries. Yes. Or, you know... Ha- yeah, it's also different because it's a show, and we've talked about this too, where it's like one-offs and then the, the main story stuff. And they're pretty... At this point, they're pretty separated. Like, yeah. You don't hear about Scully's issues with her dead sister no. in the one-off. No. E- even the two before this, I just watched them. They don't bring that up. No. But in this one, obviously, it's all sort of... Yeah. About that. And a great place to start to jump into Piper Maru. Yes. Because, uh, well, we can talk about the cold open. 
first. Oh, but, isn't that a great cold open? Oh, you, so great. They said, uh, Frank Spotnitz, who wrote it, said that Chris Carter came to him and was like, oh, I have two vi- images and we have to write an episode just to get these images in. One is a downed plane that's been down there for years and uh, someone's alive in there. Yeah. And the other image is a black and white submarine flashback, which is <laughs> way less specific. Yeah, that, that seems like sort of, it's a very romantic it's kind like of a ch- image. Childlike. Yeah. yeah like, it's black and white. It's a yeah, submarine. We're in a submarine. Yeah. And those flashbacks, and we'll get to them, but they they, they had a really like fun 1950s B-movie yes. feeling to them. I yeah. Think. But that, you know, anytime you have a World War II plane... And and aliens, it's just to me, it's close encounters, right? You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, that that image to me felt very much like yeah the when they find the planes in the desert in close encounters, right? So this is this very pretty like, awesome alien vocabulary one on one. Also, that part where they find the guy in there who's been alive forever, and that's a fucking great way to that's yeah. a great cold open. It also reminds me of Jaws a little bit when they find that. You remember when there's a to me the biggest jump in Jaws is the guy, the dead guy, right? Like just. Sort of. There's a lot of dead guys in Jaws. Which part is it? There's one part I can't. I, I could see it in my head, but I can't pull back enough to remember what he's in. I assume he's in a ship or something, okay. and they're like looking, and there's Jaws is somewhere, and then it's yeah. just a dead guy's like Floats face path. hits a. Oh yeah, It hits yeah, yeah. the window. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it's like a huge jump. Yeah. Um, but it reminded me of that. Well, um, the, the cold open is cool because. Except, although the, I'm going to contradict myself and say anytime there's a World War II bomber, it's obviously alien connected. But the thing that I like about this is judging from the cold open alone, you can't tell if it's going to be a mythology episode oh, right. or a monster of the week episode. Most times when there's people talking in different languages, it's a mythology right. episode. And what is up with Netflix not having I, the subtitles? Yes. It's crazy. And it's, it's crazy that it's been an issue for so long and, they what, just where don't did they care. go? How did they? Isn't it permanently part of the episode? I would they think get, it would be on the same file right. or whatever. I mean, but how? That's a long. That was a very long time to not know French. Yeah, you know what's happening. I yeah. mean, it's a, it's a testimony to how well the, the episode was directed. Yeah, because you 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 can follow it perfectly. But yeah. there was a couple lines of dialogue. I, I was like, I wish, I wish like what they knew. We knew what Gautier said when he got back up to the boat, and they're like, "What happened down there?" He said it was an alien. <laughs> yeah, I have the DVD. <laughs> okay, and that's, maybe that's where we got the term. Yeah, got uh, I have the DVD, so I watch it on the DVD. Oh, okay. But it's it's way less convenient. Yeah. And it is crazy. And it really kind of blows the mystery right up front if you can have the subtitles. <laughs> right. The subtitles, they're just saying, hey, listen, uh, this show's going to go to season nine. You can right. jump off around six or seven. <laughs> yeah, that's when you can jump off. Um, but, uh, yeah, Gautier was cool. I like the, the conversation that Scully and Skinner have in the beginning, which oh. is obviously the thing that when he says, can I see you for a few minutes? To me, that's so specific. Yeah. It's not like see you for a minute. It's going to be a few minutes. Yeah, and this... This is the thing that I love about this episode is it starts with a big emotional character beat right away. Yeah. Picking up on threads that have, you know, played out in previous episodes. Yeah. And that I felt was a really unusual way to, we haven't seen that, uh, an episode open like that. No, it's really, this is an episode that you really have to know the X-Files do. Right. They don't walk you through anything. They don't. I mean, they kind of give you a, a, they actually do a really good job with handling the exposition in that scene because you, you get enough 
to know, okay, his sister, her sister is dead. dead and she's looking for the killer. But for her to start, uh, for Gillian Anderson to start on an emotional level that high in the episode. Yeah. And then actually be able to go somewhere I thought was really, really great and a really compelling way to jump into. Because usually after the cold open, you're at least... Catching up with Mulder, tinkering around oh, in his yeah. office. Mulder's got his fucking a, projector yeah, yeah, going. He's putting photos up on the projector. <laughs> like, hey, Scully, look at this. Look you know? at this. Uh, well, but, but that happens right away because then she's all pissed off and badass. And then he goes, uh, Mulder says, something interesting came to my attention last night. And she just her, wilts. Yeah. The look she's on like, her oh, face. God. I have that on my notes. The yeah. look on her face is priceless. Yeah, she she's does just, not want to deal. She's like, oh, Fuck, really, yeah. Mulder? I know. I love it. She's but like, that's like not today. It's good because like you said, it sort of hits this emotional high note for her, and then she has to sort of ride that over two episodes. Well, that's and like- they have that um moment. She starts there, but then as he talks, it's really a really beautiful moment between the two of them because as he talks about this stuff, you start to see her cheer up. Yeah, she gets like she gets out of that funk that she's yeah. been in with Skinner, and she ends up smiling and there's that great just like transition that little arc in that scene alone you know and this to me there's this undeniable at this point chemistry between the two of them yeah. which if you were a shipper for Mulder yeah. and Scully you're like, seeing it you are getting a boner in this episode <laughs> because you really do yeah. feel it I mean I was convinced watching this I was like they must be sleeping together. Well, there's a big... This is like... This is In when... In real life. It's really... Yes, I hope they were. I Although mean, she had a baby called Piper, which yeah. is where the name oh, comes from. Oh, Her daughter's name was Piper. That's oh, why they named the episode. Okay, cool. Piper Maru. And um, then... Um, he adopted a son that he named Maru. Yes. Right. Right. And Piper and Maru. <laughs> and that's how they did it. And now Piper and Maru are married. Oh, yeah. I love it. Love is great. Do you remember, this was maybe in the last year or so when Gillian uh, Anderson left her most most recent guy she was married to. No. And she was staying with Duchovny. I love that you're still... F- Wait a minute. You're still following... Hey, man. Julie everybody Nicholas was on board. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you stop? That's true. That's true. What else is there? Uh, you're still looking for that opening. Uh, I think I've got an opening right now. Okay. Because... Um, she, I believe, is between between guys, between lovers. Yeah, and you and you know that she calls them lovers. Yes, of course. She also has said in interviews that she has had lesbian relationships. Oh, she's, she's just perfect. The world's greatest. Woman. She is the world's greatest. I remember uh, when I was in Pittsburgh, I was doing a play at an equity theater while I was in college, and the woman who was the artistic director of the theater had done plays with Gillian Anderson wow. in like Chicago someplace, and she was talking about maybe getting her to come to Pittsburgh and uh, be in, being one of their shows and I remember being like please get her and cast me in that show whatever it is yeah I have the biggest crush on her and she said well from what I understand she likes younger men what and I got so so excited <laughs> and that obviously never happened yeah unfortunately no. um there's another great moment when they have where they're talking to the guy and he's like uh, about the radiation he's like must be something man-made levels like this just don't appear and then Mulder's like not on this planet right and Scully just looks at him like <laughs> yeah, fuck I you know. dude She's we really... all know where you stand yeah. don't have to keep bringing it up yeah she is uh, she really isn't having it today with him but I love the um, there's something really great that's happening in this episode too where 
uh, her, the quest in this episode really starts to parallel Mulder's. You know, she's got her version of the truth and what happened to her sister. Right, and Mulder's got here, his. Which was, is kind of unusual for a Chris Carter episode because Chris Carter is usually writing the Little Green Men episodes where Mulder is chasing down an alien body. He's just one, you know, doorway away yeah. from seeing the, the proof. And in this episode, it's it really becomes uh, Scully's quest and Mulder kind of ends up playing detective kind of fact detective right you know even even though he's still kind of into the whole idea that this is alien related yeah he's really kind of tracking down he's kind of playing the role of scully in this tracking down the facts and then calling her and telling her what he's discovered oh that's right while she's on this big emotional right in in her quest they switch yeah they've switched roles in this and her and this quest for her takes her into her father's world right she turns to the connections that her father had Oh, right. It, to I, uncover what's happened. Now, did you think that that old guy that she kind of remembers, that it just so happens that he knows... Johansson. Johansson knows... Commander Johansson. That he knows exactly what she's talking about? Yeah. That was a it's bit. It's a little... A little on the note. I was like... I, I'd written down, like, she really hit the jackpot. Yeah. Well, like, oh, wow. This guy knows everything. <laughs> she was like... It's fucking great. Guy, I, I think I know a guy. Yeah. And he knows... All of it. But I did like her seeing, like, you know, flashing back to her childhood with her sister, Wait. and they're all playing hopscotch. Yeah, that was the most emotional game of hopscotch <laughs> two little girls have ever played. <laughs> they are so excited that one of them, that Dana reached, like, the end of the of the hopscotch. Well, that's trip. how you remember in your memory, right? Yeah. When and it was her- happening, it wasn't like that, but then you remember it. It's like it was this big thing. I won. Yeah, and her, their mother dressed them like American Girl dolls. In the, like, early 70s. Yeah. You know they weren't popular on the Army base. (laughs) But that's how you remember it, right? She's got... I looked up the... She uh, is looking out the window in that scene. She's like, I remember playing this game called Beckons Wanted. Yeah, what is that? Which was the creepiest sounding game ever. Did you look up Beckons Wanted? I looked it up. It's really hard to find it online. I could only find bits and pieces and references to it in other written material. Was it from... Did anyone mention X-Files in the... A lot of, yes. Yeah. Uh, if you Beckins Google Beckons Wanted, Wanted, it just comes up in a lot of the episode descriptions of, yeah. uh, you know, of this episode. But uh, from what I could tell, it was like a combination of Capture the Flag and like Red Rover, Red Rover, where there's like two teams who are sent up in chains. They're lined up in chains holding hands. And then they would send... Like uh, your teammate over to the enemy's team to like break the chain, and if they got caught, they were put in prison, and it turns into like a game. That's of, very it was complicated. Very complicated and very very. Also, what a distracting weird. game name to just throw in there. <laughs> like know. we played Beckons Wanted. What? Yeah, who? Uh, it's super creepy. It's such a terrible name for a game. Oh, it's also awesome. It's really, yeah. Um, they, uh, I thought the the Gautier, Yeah. They have a, the French guy picture of him in front of the Eiffel Tower. Come on, guys. Um, That's also, a bit on the nose. Also, he has an old timey deep sea diving helmet the, as the first thing you see when you walk through his apartment door. Yeah, he's a, you know he's a man of s- simple tastes. Yeah, and he is, He knows he, what he, he is. He, what you see is what you get with this. Yeah, guy. he's a diver who's French. Yeah. What do you want? There should be like French bread loaves everywhere and. <laughs> <laughs> striped shirts. Yeah, striped shirts. Like dudes little, on bikes. Little mimes. Little yeah. mime decorations. People just like go, making out, going at it. Uh, wait, his wife, by the way, I did not believe for a moment that actress was 
really it was that character she she was so over the top yeah and so not playing someone who had ever met this man before <laughs> i'm pretty sure they just yeah she like turned like, so quickly yeah she's like, like who the yeah, fuck she, yeah she's like where have you been yeah she gives him a hug and then she's very dramatic and she's quickly like fuck this yeah. this is not right she clearly got cast for her ability to play spooky possessed oilian lady yes not for her ability to play convincing wife it's so interesting now whenever i watch a tv show i always try and think what the audition scenes must have been yeah what were the oh i can't ask you oh. the audition scenes for your silicon valley thing because that's uh, a big the the uh the first scene the okay and then the the okay all right got funny it funny scene okay that makes yeah. sense yeah those are the right ones i think no one knows what we're talking about except yeah you and me. but you did the hand gesture and i got it yeah but i always i always think of that like I do okay too. what are the uh what are or the scenes kinda, that they auditioned with like oh well, she wasn't so great at this but she does the possessed thing really well and she's so. gonna be mostly possessed yeah so she's it gonna works. be mostly possessed so the, who cares what i like about the oil is also and i didn't remember this is that it's just oil from that plane that's been possessed by something right which i like because it just feels like it's sort of a happy accident that this thing happened yeah i had forgotten that too Mulder says it's uh i think in the second episode in the next episode it's like diesel or whatever yeah it's diesel and it's a medium for this alien consciousness to transport from one entity to another however uh it must inhabit liquids of some kind most of the time, because when we get to the end of Apocrypha, yeah, we see what happens to Crycheck, right, and how the Oilian gets into the ship. Yes, and it seems to be designed for a liquid entry. We'll talk about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, but I think this is probably also a door. Well, here's where. That's very interesting. There's like a drain. There's a spiral drain that the oiling goes down and then seeps under. Yes. I mean, it's not like a shower drain, but it is definitely designed for... Liquid entry. (laughs) Exactly. But that's interesting. Well, there's a few things. One, that ship, and again, Darren Mooney pointed this out, is shaped like the Eye of Providence, which is like the uh, Freemason symbol. It's also shaped like the Time Warner Cable logo man they're all in charge Amen. they're all the they're masons. all running shit it all comes together well it's interesting if it's masons because that's like a you know an organization that's supposedly bigger than the government and running yeah. things so that's an interesting they're the thing real syndicate run. i mean they're right right and so the aliens are kind of the real syndicate or whatever Do you think that the fat effeminate uh, member of the syndicate that we never know what their job his job is the guy with the really husky voice yeah the one who talks like this who's UFO he says UFO yeah he says UFO <laughs> why does it say UFO it's a very Canadian delivery I'm, I I feel like it's, no one says UFO that's though. like saying uh, chamomile instead of chamomile okay. I think once you get into Canada they call them UFOs but it's not a word. No. It's an acronym. Yes, I know. UFO. It's not FBI. It's FBI. Right. <laughs> Kia. Yeah. CIA. I think that uh, uh, maybe he he could be maybe the head of Time Warner Cable. Maybe that's his job. Okay. All right. Because we never know what those guys do on oh, their right. day Right. So job. he could be the Time Warner guy, and then there's another guy who's in charge of 
Yeah. Well, Time Warner is almost everything. It's almost, that's what I'm saying. One guy could be like One the craft, a, craft guy. Craft guy. You yeah. have a Heinz ketchup guy in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They you, run all, there's a yeah. Coca-Cola. Hershey guy, Disney guy. It's crazy that like three companies own everything in the yeah, world. Yeah, Coca-Cola owns Sony. <laughs> really? Yeah. Coca-Cola <laughs> owns Sony. That's, how did we let this happen? We it's too late. Had, hey, Mulder tried to warn us, man, yeah. 20 years ago. Coca-Cola owns Sony? Yeah. You it's, would think it'd be the other way around. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Like, doesn't Comcast own... Everything. Own everything? Yeah. And I just thought it was like one cable service no. provider, but no, it owns they own everything. NBC Universal. I don't understand how any of this works. Viacom, which is like an evil name. Yeah. Viacom, oh, Viacom is definitely like the name of the team that went after like G.I. Joe or Matt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Um, oh, uh, when they go to... Oh, I wrote down Beckons Wanted right yeah, here. There you go. Yeah. Uh, that will keep you up at night. Uh, my favorite thing, speaking of auditions and actors, is when they go to the naval yard to recover, the, to look at the ship. Um, yes. There, the NCIS guy has that line where he says, we put the probes down the bulge. Yeah. You know that was his favorite line to say. That <laughs> you know, he didn't have much to do. He didn't have much to do, and he really hits it. He, he really milks it. Excited about what you get excited about, you know. And when Scully knows what type of ship is, Mulder says, "I just got very turned on." Yeah, I'm telling you, the They're sexual sleeping. chemistry. No, is it's great. High as a kite. Oh, episode. certainly, but it's also like it's a little friendly. It's 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 almost. To me, sometimes it feels like a brother-sister thing. Yeah. But there's a weirdness. But there's a little... You know like, you know those brothers and sisters where you're like, what's up with you guys? Not, not me and my sister. No. I do not... Not me and my flirt. brother. It never got a little weird and flirty. Not one. No, no, no. But I just no. mean you... There's... I knew kids... That would be like one set of brother and sister, and you're like, "This, you guys are weird." There's something going on in this. This is not great. Household. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't want to be around you. Yeah. You guys are weird around each other. I don't know what you, your parents probably serve you wine at dinner. Yeah, it's a little creepy. Yeah, it's no good. Yeah, it's no good. So uh, it's a little bit like that, but, he is but in a fun way. Starting to openly flirt with her. Yes, which he really I really, is. really like. And yeah, that hasn't. Really started to happen yet, but he gets—he's starting to get more and it's more. It's really starting with her. to. And the other thing is, they work so well together. But I think in these episodes, they also work really well apart. Yeah. So they're in both of them, like you said, they're all on their separate but connected quests. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think that really works when they're apart and they're calling each other. It, it sort of lets you get twice the story out. Yeah. Um, and just the, for the scope of these episodes, because these episodes, like, you know, it's like we're still in the face with the cameras pulling back and you're seeing more and more of the conspiracy. By the way, the black alien thing, alien, that's the first, like, super crazy thing. Yeah. In the conspiracy. Yeah. Like, was, I felt like it was sort of the payoff of the... Um, the thing, the movie, the thing, you know, the classic horror mm-hmm. motif that they've been revisiting. Like, the oiling is not that different from the worms in ice, or, uh, what, or was, what was the other? Um, there was another one that was uh, another creature that was like uh, much like ice that takes over people. Yeah. 
Um, uh, maybe it's not Darkness Falls. It's not the... No, Darkness Falls just kills another. them. Anyway. But, th- but it's also like a sci-fi thing. Like we've seen that puppet the body and snatcher body snatchers. And, yeah. and, and I feel like they've kind of been circling this idea for a couple seasons yeah. that they want this alien uh, intelligence that's going to creep in and take over people. Yeah. And now they've really found the perfect delivery system for that in a narrative sense. And it becomes one of the big... X-Files things. X-Files things for the... I mean, this is it all leads up to the movie from here on out. Yeah. This is this episode is what the X-Files becomes up to, up through Fight the Future. Right. Which is the name of the first movie. Yes, it is. Um and I remember the poster for it was an empty swing set and I was like, well played X-Files. Yeah. That says a lot with yeah. very little. <laughs> um I read how they did the oil effects because they look so good. Yeah. And it doesn't seem CG or anything. What they did was they had everything that they made the floor they could move it. So they were they had the camera mounted on there, so it doesn't look like it's moving, but then they moved the floor around to make it sort of go where they wanted oh, to go. That's cool. It's pretty cool. And they do a really good job of it like coming out of people's eyes and stuff. Well, even the effect of it going up in the eyes is awesome. Yeah, and that's great. And then Crycheck when he's vomiting it out at the yeah. end. It's that kind of brutal. Crycheck, that guy oh, is we, so good. Let's get to Crycheck in a minute. Okay. Let's save him for... Because he's at the end. Yeah. He's... His, his last image, we won't talk about it right yes. now. But that's what I... When I think of five X-Files yes. things, that's one of them. Yes, yes, yes. Um, um, we bury our dead alive. Uh, uh, that's the, uh, that's very Chris Carter. Yeah, that's right. And then the line that follows it, conscious is the voices of de- of the dead trying to save us from our own damnation. This is very Chris very Carter. Very Chris Carter. And a little bit of a leap. Like, in uh, just a little, like, I like the idea of it, but I it doesn't really come into play in these episodes I guess it's, I don't know yes. I feel like that's something he wrote down in a notebook somewhere and he was like I'll put this because they echo that Dana. later too they say it at the they end echo it. Dana sa- I call her Dana yeah Dana uh, says it at Dana the end Dana says it at the end yes um, but it's interesting because the idea is that they're you know your conscience comes from I guess these dead people and you want to do right by them and you want to have them serve justice right. but having that guy you know die or whatever right. too hard didn't really do anything doesn't right. bring your sister and back. i feel like that's a great idea that could be an episode of the x-files to really explore that concept in yeah. one of their weird ghost episodes but yeah. I, I don't know it was a little it's very chris carter was i love that we bury our dead alive yeah but then the conscious stuff is like a little yeah i don't it's, know it's, it's a little of a, a bit of a leap it's uh, well. There's a lot of monologue, and when Chris Carter does it, and he can. What's interesting, though, even if that stuff doesn't really come together, is that you don't see TV shows where people talk like that, no. especially not in the 90s, no, where they're like sort no, of no, monologuing no. and pontificating, and and he, it's thought provoking. Oh yeah, no, and it's very well written. Chris yeah. Carter's really good at that kind of like dense, yeah. flowery, abstract, yeah, prose. Uh, I like that the um, Mike. Well, my question is: uh, How does the oily know how to read mail? How to look look through the mail for clues? Gautier's like. There's a lot that the oilian does. The oilian is sharp. The, <laughs> the oilian know like he knows how to find a, a return. Are we assuming addresses. he? He knows how to drive. The oily knows how to drive a car. Well, that's the thing. You could a lot Does the of oily these... get into your brain and then tap into your human knowledge Must to understand be. how the because that Cause the oily been down in the ocean for years, yeah, for half a century. And Listen, like, we talk about how oily knows it, knows its way around the modern world. It must suck for the pilot, but it also sucks for the oily. Yeah. The oily has been down there with him, right? And that pilot is 
gone. Yeah. We never, we never see the pilot again. Well, no, we I guess. assume that he... Do you think as soon as the oilian leaps out of the pilot's body, he... It just disintegrates? It disintegrates? Or does he I would hope so. Like, be like a, uh, like a, a young man's dead drowned body in the ocean. I, I would like to think that he grows super old really quickly like what, Indiana Jones. That's what I want to happen yeah. too. And I think that's what happens. Great. But we, they should have... I mean, obviously, but it's Gautier that comes up, so yeah. he's not going to say anything. Yeah. But I guess that's I guess it's okay that they don't really resolve they that. But I, I love to see a buddy... Because they like also a, see later, they see footage of the down bomber. That's how yeah. Scully gets to... Commander Johansson, yeah, so quickly, but we never learn what happens to that. We never learn what happens to that pilot. guy. Um, but I think a buddy show with an Oilian and that guy would yeah. be pretty good. That's like I did it with great. Andre, yeah. with the two of them in the plane. That's a great prequel series to For the 40 X-Files. years, yeah. they're down there. Um, or however, however long. Can we talk about Skinner eating alone? Okay. Such a badass. Such a badass. Eats alone. He orders the blue plate. What is yeah. that? Who? It's like a. It, they literally give you a steak, like a like a raw steak. Yeah. And a rare steak and a just like glass of whiskey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. That's what. That's it what. Is. It made me kind of sad that he eats alone. Also, once he's been threatened. I would never go back to that same restaurant. That's why he's such a fucking badass. Yeah. That guy is the... Co- I love Skinner so much in this episode. Yeah. Well, it's also a big one for him because, in a way, Mulder and Scully have both had their, like, trial where they both die and come back. Mm-hmm. This is Skinner's version of that. And when yep. they come back, they're more renewed yep. and really part of the cause. And now Skinner has and that. And we're seeing that just in proximity to Mulder and Scully... People get pulled into this conspiracy. He's right. only gotten pulled in because of that. Because he's trying to help out in a legitimate way to like find out. He says. He says later, I made a mistake of thinking I could bring the man who killed uh, Scully's sister to justice. Yeah, and he's just trying to do his job. Yeah, he has no interest in the bigger picture, and he's pulled into this conspiracy. And I like this. This is a real turning point for him because he's starting to feel helpful, and he's starting. To, we're starting to see the beginning glimpses of his believing that. Something bigger is going on here. I mean, to him, it's like that if you're a shitty, dumb employee who's an idiot, turns out to be right. Right, right. And he's such a dad in this episode, too. Like when he tells uh, Scully, maybe this is in the second episode, but when he tells Scully that anger uh, is a luxury she can't afford. Yeah, that's in the second one when he's in the hospital. Yes, such dad, solid dad advice. And he looks great when he's being wheeled in shirtless. That hairy chest? Barrel chest. I know. Such a dad chest, too. I mean, he's like, I think he could... Beat five of me's oh. in battle at the same time. He could beat five of you with one hand and like yeah. ten of me with his other. Hand. He's awesome. That guy's the greatest. I do. I did question the uh, in the 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 diner that he eats at, which is like this very smoky, lonely uh, oak, like yeah. Georgetown. Just him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where clearly he is the only customer. Yeah. The waitress's costume did not seem to fit that location very well. Oh, is well. that right? What I was that? I didn't notice it. It was very it. like dinery. It's like this bright yellow diner waitress costume with a skirt, uh-huh. like greasy spoon. They must have had a location change. That sounds that sounds right. And the wardrobe person's 
like, this is what I have. You right. guys said 50s diner. Right. Because I can also see Skinner <laughs> just going to eat at some greasy spoon. Sure. And then they went, oh, we can't get that place. We'll shoot it. This looks a little Georgetown. But they needed to change her outfit. It did not That's really match. interesting. That feels right. And if you right. look at it, it might not even be a real diner. It could just be like the lobby of a hotel that oh. they've set up some tables in. It's a weird, it's okay. a very weird location. Clearly, all of that was shot in one day. Yeah. They had it one yeah, day. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, the other thing I noticed is that that woman, the Kalinchek, what's their name? Oh, Jerry. Yeah. Jerry Kalinchek. Part of her thing is that she's like a feminist? Yeah. That's part of it? Yeah, she's, she's, I don't know if she's a feminist. I think she was raised to be like a boy. Yeah, okay. Like she uh, was given a scrapyard that's like in the family business. They <laughs> named her Jerry, she says, with a J. Yes. Which is a total dude's name. Yes. And I think she was raised like a son and is just embracing it. Well, she says, like, pardon my gender type. Like, yeah. she does, she she's makes comments very, like that. All. I don't think she's feminist. I think she's very defensive. Yes. And unpacking issues that her father wanted a son. Okay. That's my Wow. That's a pretty full character. She, I mean, you know when you talk about, like, uh, actors having their character secrets? Yeah. And bringing that's them to there. a role? That's definitely that's her. That's definitely she there. Really, she really wrote, like, a character journal before yeah. coming to set. Well, I do like when Skinner goes into that restaurant his first question is is the coffee hot <laughs> what kind of question is that coffee's always hot a terrible restaurant coffee fresh is the coffee fresh that's, that's a, a different right. that's a that's the question yeah but is it hot it's hot all day where it's where, terrible it's but it's hot literally kept on a hot plate all yeah. day long <laughs> that's part he of why he doesn't care no he doesn't care if it's fresh he just needs something hot no. he needs a hot beverage that scene is really good when he gets shot leading up to oh, it it's yeah. a really good tense scene with and that guy what does the guy say to him he says chupa lupa amigo what is the swear word that the assassin, the hitman, the, he shoots him in the gut, and as Skinner's oh, rolling around in pain, he leans over and he goes, Chupa Lupa, amigo. Does and he? And runs out. Huh. I don't think it's Lupa, but it's definitely, it sounds like he names like a lollipop and then runs out. <laughs> <laughs> Chupa Chups. Chupa Chup. Um, that guy's from School of the Americas, which when I was in college, that was a big thing that kids were protesting against. It's the School of Mercenaries. Oh. Uh, the School Wait, of the Americas. You have to tell me more about this. I don't you know. Don't uh, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I'm unable to. Uh, school of the Americas is apparently the school where they train mercenaries, and then uh, governments sort of hire them, okay. which is sort of like you know that this thing. Is here or in? I Pakistan. think it's in Central America. No, okay. no, no. Here in America, okay. School of the Americas is not in Pakistan. Okay, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> it's not just very confusingly named. I thought that for a moment there was a school in Pakistan called, called School of the Americas. We had American assassins. We had. Which I really wanted to hear more about no we had american school which yeah. was uh kids of diplomats and stuff and it was all shitty rich kids right. very different thing okay school of the americas was founded in 1946 in panama and it's basically like a group where they were trained these sort of mercenary soldiers um and uh you know they say that it School? Private organization? Or is this something the government is doing? It's just something the government started. But they do this, yeah, the United States Department of Defense. But what they do is, it's all these 
people and then they hire them apparently to like take out dictators and stuff secretly oh. that kind of shit but what happened is and what this guy Darren Mooney was saying was that after the Cold War died a lot of these guys who were like soldiers for hire didn't have jobs so that's probably what this guy's backstory is, okay, is that he it. was involved in some coups here and there and now he's doing this shit for the government right. for, well specifically for cigarette smoking man As for cigarette smoking learned, man that's his guy that's his guy it's and Krychek is clearly also yes his guy they're a team and so maybe Krychek is also that's Krychek's backstory as it's well, also possibly. interesting that those guys the other the guy who runs Time Warner and Kraft yeah. and all that yeah. those guys sort of look down on cigarette smoking man as the guy who does like has to do the dirty yeah, work yeah he's a real I love that dynamic because in Mulder's world mm-hmm. yeah he's the big badass he's the top of the chain yeah and then when we get into the syndicate he's oh, yeah. like the peon yes everyone treats him like a bag he's of shit below the guy who's saying UFO yeah. Who doesn't know how to say I think the guy who says UFO uh, is the head of the he syndicate. He seems like the head. Because he says, This is I called you all here because right. this information leaked. But maybe all anybody can call. I mean, maybe, yeah, I true. mean, we don't know. It could be a partnership. It could be a partnership. Um He uh well manicured man. Yes. That guy. Yes. Very handsome old oh, gentleman. Great. I, I mean, I, I want him. that to be my dad. Yes. Why is that not my dad? He also is higher up there. He's you want that guy to be your dad more than Walter Skinner? No, no, no. Okay. I don't want Walter Skinner because I think he's withholding. And you see the heart of gold. But I don't want a dad yeah, that I have to earn. He will mold you into a man. I don't want to be a man. Okay. That does not sound like a fun thing. <laughs> I, That's true. You have you, to like. You have to order the blue plate, and you always have to strap your gun to your belt and wear it in open air when you go to your office. Okay, now that does sound awesome, but I don't think I could pull off that look. Uh, yeah, it takes some man like Walter <laughs> it takes Skinner. Some man. He is just parading that gun around in yeah. his office. He doesn't give. He's a so shit. huge. How much do you think he benches? Like hundreds. Three fifty. Yeah, right. For uh, he sure. definitely benches three fifty. Yeah. no doubt. No doubt. Still to this day. Yeah, have you He's seen like a recently? guy who can? Just like rip through a punching like a sandbag with one punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know he could tear a phone book in half. I want to see a scene where he gets angry and then he snaps a pen in half. You yeah. know, just like just by looking at it. Yeah, crushes a can. I want to <laughs> see all that stuff. Um, he, I want to have him on the podcast. Oh, you got to get him. All right, let's talk about Crycheck. Yes, let's talk about Crycheck. Um, um, is there, okay, you know what I realized what's great about Crycheck? He's a great liar on TV, which you never see. All, you always see someone, and when they're lying, even if the, the person they're talking to doesn't know, the audience knows yep. they're winking. Yep. With Crycheck, when he says, I didn't do it, you believe him. Yep. Even though you know yep. you've seen him kill you've the sister. You've seen him do it. You see him do it, but when he's lying... You believe him again. Yeah, yeah. I, you totally get why Mulder's like, "All right, fine, this guy's okay." Yep, he's brilliant, and I, and I also think that shows uh, that the creators of the show and the directors are great directors because a lot of times <laughs> I feel like there's that bad directing advice for those actors who have to lie to be like, "Remember, you're lying." Yeah, no, we no, have no. Have to see a little bit of that. Yeah, no, no, not I don't. This. He's he's such a good actor, and I love that he is like. The anti, he's becoming the anti molder at this point. He's using secrets and lies for his own personal gain. Right. You know, he's like the shadow. He has the desk, yeah. He is the, I realized watching this, he's the venom 
to Mulder's oh, Spider-Man. Spider okay. And then it became and he has the black, appropriate. He has the black. He has a symbiote. Yeah. He has a symbiote. And I remember I thought that and then right, I was thinking that right before he got possessed by the oiling. Yeah. And I went, oh my God, he is Venom. And then I remembered watching these episodes because I was a big comic book guy. I was like, this is very Venom. All this stuff is very, very. It is pretty Venom. Venom. I hadn't even thought of that. It looks like the symbiote. And but Venom was really popular in the Spider-Man comics in the mid 90s when all of this was oh, going on. Oh, so you're saying... I'm saying there's a... There's something. There, there's a little bit of a... There's definitely some sort of a zeitgeist connection there. Just as, like... I hadn't even put that the together. The opening of this episode, like, is all about the, the, the like, obsession with deep sea diving. Yeah. You know, the, this, this episode came out, like, just almost a year before Titanic did. And I felt like the 90s were really into, like... When does the abyss happen? The is abyss that before, is before. That's well before The abyss this. is, like, 89 or 90. Is that movie good? The Abyss? Um, it's interesting. Okay. There's some cool stuff in it. There's some tense moments. I was just flipping channel. I remember seeing that movie when I was a kid and not getting it. Yeah. But being like, this is something I should revisit, and I haven't. It's kind of boring for a kid. Yeah. The thing that I remember from The Abyss being cool is the liquid oxygen that you breathe to go down under deep, deep, deep underwater. And oh, there's wow. a scene where, like, Ed Harris has to suck in, like, suck in breathe in this liquid oxygen and I always thought how that's cool that would be yeah but it looks cool I bet it looks great um he Krajic has a fun moment he's such a fucking dick even after like when he's peeing and the woman's next to him yeah he like laughs for a second yeah he looks like, down and sees the shoe you've been captured like... by you're probably gonna die and you still find a moment to yeah. giggle yeah what a dick to make fun of a transgendered person <laughs> yes exactly asshole <laughs> what an asshole so now we're officially into the second apocrypha. episode yes what I what was interesting was as soon as I was watching I started watching it and it has the recap thing and I was mm -hmm. like so much happened in the first episode I didn't get the, the recap on Netflix they oh you did it. I did it on it. the DVD but there was like so, I was like holy shit so much happens in it and they really convey it um, uh, yeah the black oil pouring out stuff is always good oh they have the thing where it's Mulder's dad and Cigarette Smoking Man yeah young yes and the reveal is was he starts talking and Cigarette Smoking Man's voice is dead yeah. very off putting very off putting and also as if the cigarette weren't Q enough They were right. like We better put his voice In there uh, So we know Yeah his friend should be like hey, You should stop smoking Yeah You sound like a 70 year old <laughs> Man Yeah He's doomed Although yeah. he Ages fairly well Considering He's great um, I think I think He's gonna do the podcast oh, In a couple dude. weeks Will yeah. you ask him to smoke the entire time? He's not a smoker. Oh, boy. He used to be an equet, ah. and then he had to do horrible cigarettes for this, and it was a big uh, struggle the whole time. He quit before. Yeah, he quit before. The show. Yeah. Um, I love the Mulder dad. Uh, cigarette smoking man flashbacks. Yeah. I love that stuff, and I love that scene because it really is like. The origin, it's, we're really getting to the origin story of the X-Files. You know, like, that's yes. big, big stuff. Yeah. You know, and we've had hints of, like, this goes back and your dad you remember that a episode? relationship. There is an episode. There's an episode that's just up. about that. Yeah. That, with, with, isn't that like a spider crawling yes. out throats? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love that stuff, and I love that we... I, I agree, you made a point on the podcast, I, I think it was you a while back, that... Um, how, like, isn't it a little coincidental that Mulder's father has been involved in all of this? 
but I think as a narrative device, it really works because it, it, I love just that like, oh, this really is bigger yes. than just me and something that I've inherited. You know, yeah. it goes into this idea of what I think is works really strong with the X-Files of we've inherited the world that we live in. And, you know, we've inherited this post-World War II life right you know what i mean and like all the our bad parents shit. generation and our you know my grandparents fought in world war ii my mom you know and her sister grew up in a post-world war ii generation they're the baby boomers and so all the psychological effects of war yeah helped to bring them up and now they've brought me up and if you there's so much stuff that you can just trace back to yeah a generation that had to go through this big horrible awful thing but and then they also to, did uh, horrible things and yeah. it's sort of like the this generation trying to come to terms with the horrible right. things that were done to ensure their prosperity. Like right. Devin said when he was on that Mulder's a child of privilege rebelling against his parents. And right. that right. is pretty exactly spot on, right. I think. And it's great. And I, I bring up the World War II stuff just because it is a very big motif with that plane in this. You know, it seems right. to be saying like, oh, sure. That's when America really came into power. And yeah. how are we handling, how are we handling that power well, for the next 50 years? And Darren, when he was talking about this also what kind of quoted him so much i don't know so much about the history of it but he was saying with well, the french empire was the big empire now the u.s is the big empire mm -hmm. so here it's sort of the french versus the u.s thing is happening and then he says the fact that Mulder goes to hong kong is very telling because hong Kong's a place that was transitioning from british to chinese right, right. Um, and authority. where every restaurant is decorated exactly how you would imagine a hong kong restaurant yeah, to be exactly decorated. He, just i <laughs> When I did first season of Silicon Valley, I walked into my room in there, and it was just like Ganesha statues and right. all this stuff. And I was like, <laughs> just pictures of random brown people. Yeah. I was like, guys, this, we can't do can't this. Do Incense this. Yeah, everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. Buddha statues. Yeah. First of all, I'm from Pakistan, so none of that shit works. Yeah, right, right. But that's right. exactly what this is. It's like, it's probably like this, right? Yeah. It probably yeah. looks just like the, how, how yeah. a child imagines it. Yeah. Fifth grade, <laughs> you know? But uh, but no, that's great. I love that stuff. In, uh, that's, and then also, isn't the uh, ship there's a reference to the the Russian sub is it from Paperclip or yeah from one of those from yeah. one of those that they were also searching in that area yes. where the plane was so there's also that the the, the idea of that like, connection that connection the yeah, Russian the, being the yeah. superpower yeah um there was uh, how those two FBI agents who are in charge of watching Skinner yeah. are terrible at their terrible. jobs. Terrible. And just not really, they don't seem to be on board with no, the they don't care mission. Yeah, they Scully's punching the clock. I mean, they're yeah. punching the clock. Scully is so badass to them. So it's awesome <laughs> no. that we get to see that, but they're like phoning it in hardcore. They really are the people that you like, customers, you run across in customer service, and you're like, you can't just do, like, that's your job is to watch this guy. Yeah. Can't you just. Yeah, seems so don't like, let anyone take this guy. Oh, somebody came and took yeah, this guy. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, well, the orderlies just transferred that was him to another your hospital. one job. I know. One Terrible. job. Just call me. Um, they, I have, the, 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 there's a really great um, theme of isolation that I think is running through this episode that I had just looked down and, and saw was in my notes. But I love that, you know, it opens with this idea of this guy trapped in this plane on, in, underwater. And then if as I noticed that, like, into the second episode, everyone's kind of off on their own. Skinner is in the hospital on his yeah. own. Uh, Scully is off on her thing. Mulder's on his Even Even Krychek and the Hitman, they're all, you kind of get these glimpses of how isolated Everybody's they are. Everybody's splintered. And you don't, there even, there aren't even a lot of shots that have more than two people in 
frame oh, that's for very long. It's a lot of single shots oh, of all that's these characters. Interesting. And so that kind of made me think, okay, we're playing with this idea of how our fears and how our, I don't know, our quests kind of keep us isolated from everybody yeah. else, you know? Yeah, that's kind of, there's this real kind of sad. That's really interesting. Through. I want to watch it again. Um, on a less intellectual note, when they do the radiation flash, oh, that's yeah. coming out of the genitals, right? I imagine. <laughs> Dicks and vaginas. Yeah, I think. It has to be. It must. Because they control, they do something. Yeah. They pull, I think they pull down their pants. And then it comes out of their dicks or out. vaginas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It seems. Maybe the pee hole, maybe not the vagina. It's possible it comes out the nipples. Okay. All right. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Thought, thought about it. Okay. Well, they say guys' nipples are useless. Maybe not. Not, in, not to not, an oilian. Not to an oilian. Oilians figured out a way to use them. Great stuff. Uh, really tech. The lab tech. That's in love with a, Scully. Yeah, he would be a much bigger role in a, in a TV show today. Oh yeah, the he funny would, lab tech. Yeah, he would be. He would have like a. He'd be you know like really really play up his crush on Scully. Yeah. And he'd oh, be wearing really? like, yeah, he'd be wearing like an indie rock T-shirt under his lab coat. Yeah. He, and I would want to play him. Wasn't there? Isn't one of those CIS or whatever CSI have a woman who's like a goth lady? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, that's I think in CSI, maybe Miami. I don't know. I don't watch those shows. But, but there's like a goth lady. But here we see again X Files setting the yes. tone yeah. for TV shows to come. The goofy like, lab tech. There's a goofy lab tech. Yeah. Who loves Scully? Yeah. Perfect. But he doesn't have enough quirks yet. There was a weird exchange that Scully has with him where she says, where he says, which means we're looking for a man in his 40s with blood type B positive. And she goes, we already know the, all that from the waitress's description. How did you get the blood type from the waitress's description? <laughs> That's a crazy, clearly some line got skipped or something. Yeah. He looked like he had, he was like AB positive, no B positive. Yeah. Pretty sure. No, they got all that. The yeah. waitress knew. I could read his aura. She, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or she maybe she is also a moonlighting lab tech. Yeah. <laughs> that's why uh, she's got the yellow outfit. Yeah, on. that's just her regular street clothes. That's her version of Quirk. Yeah. I also think that isolation thing really works well to heighten the stakes for everyone. Yeah. So that there's nobody watching anybody's back. Like, Mulder and Scully are together. You get the sense that one's going to protect the other. Yeah. When they're isolated, anything could happen. Yeah, and there's even that moment where she calls him and says, I don't know if this means anything to you, uh, but then she had some information but there's just that moment of like oh my god they've been so apart in yeah. this episode she doesn't even know what, what he's up to for or what he's up to yeah but that scene where he wakes up in the hospital they have such a tender oh. intimacy between the two of them yeah it is so lovely yeah i love them in this i'm really starting to ship them Hard Were you here. shipping them earlier? I kind of was, but I, I, I remember. Was. I remember there was. I don't know if you found this in your research online and looking back into the archives, but uh, th th there was a girl uh, that I went to high school with who was very much in the X Files, and I got a lot of my. She was online in in those okay. chat rooms because I wasn't that yeah. guy really at all. Right, um, but she said that there were. I, w I wish I remember the names of the of the um categories were the clubs were but there were the there were the shippers the non-shippers and then there was a branch of shippers that were like we're fine with them getting together we just never want to see it on screen oh so it's a little bit like gay people can do what they want as it's long a little as don't ask don't tell yeah yeah but but, <laughs> I, but i thought that that was such a weird that's kind of 
maybe what they're doing, you know, I mean, because there is that kind of mystery about at some point, at one point with Mulder and Scully, without saying too much, there is a time period where it stops becoming will they or won't they and becomes are they or aren't they. Right. You know what I mean? Where maybe there is stuff happening off screen that we just don't know about. And it honestly does become pretty explicit. Right. Right. Late. Right. 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 Late in the game. Obviously. Right. But that is sort of, I love that there was that branch of the straddling the fence of the shippers of like, it's fine. Whatever they do on their own time is fine with me. I just don't want to look at it. As long as you're chasing oilians. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, uh, when Smoking Man, is he the one who says have the bodies destroyed to the people yes. who aren't even dead yet that's brutal he goes, Don't whisper it he goes the guy goes they aren't dead yet and he goes isn't that the prognosis yeah <laughs> that is fucking yeah evil. and that guy can hear it yeah oh, oh yeah no that guy is alive oh um, i have anger is a luxury that you cannot afford right now skinner says that that's yep, a badass yep, line yep. scully is such a babe in I, this oh she yeah. she has so many great just subtle expressions oh I mean, my we God. talked about it before but there are so many moments where you can just the thing that's so good about Jillian Anderson is you know what she is thinking at every it's awesome. moment. It's awesome. Like Mulder's a little more opaque. Like you're like Which you is pre- sort can, of his character. Yeah, and you you can project a lot onto Mulder. Right. Like, I'm feeling this, so he must be feeling this way. Right. But with Dana, you know Dana. You know what she's going through. Yeah. And it is always sexy yeah her her pain is always sexy and i know that's a really creepy thing to say but but her vulnerability just you're like a relatable psychopath right now like (laughs) just like a serial killer that you kind of root for you kind of want him to get what he needs yeah i don't know what dexter i don't know anything about dexter but it seems like that's a guy that people are like Hey, he's he not could so carry his own show. He could carry his yeah, own series. Yeah, this guy this could character. carry. Yes, exactly. No, but I'm just saying her vulnerability no, she's is great. really beautiful. I think it's just great to watch people be really good at their jobs. Yeah. And she's just really good. She's really good. And to see her just two in two seasons. And she's you see her becoming from like... A girl to a woman. She's yeah. so, so good. Yeah. The growth that she has... That might have been creepier than the guy who came... <laughs> From a little girl to a woman? Yeah. To a, to I've a, been watching To a full grow. woman? Yeah. But she... Because she is so young in season one. Just so young and innocent. Yeah, yeah. And then to watch... She's like right out of Oberlin or wherever she went to school. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She went to uh, you know, all girls school. Yeah. Smith. She went to Smith. Oh, um, oh the oh, long uh, time digital tape. So yes. 90s. Oh, Tra- yes. Tracking down a digital tape. And then, okay, so how does that get resolved? That one's done. It's taken care of. Done. They it, got it, it, and they got rid of it. I'm actually, I kind of was losing track of what made the digital tape important in this episode. And I know tape. that it's Krychek selling information, but it, it never became a really strong... It was a bigger McGuffin. thing in previous episodes. That's what I thought. And so this was them being like, let's just get rid of the digital tape. Right. So they kind of use that a little bit, and right. they just take it off the table. Because... Uh, uh, um, Skinner had it at one point, and then Skinner had it at one Krychek point. Krychek steals it. Yes, and now it's just kind of gone or out there. And now it's gone, and I think and the that syndicate really won it. 
They just they know everything that's in it. They just don't want it to get out. They are. They're, it's interesting how really terrified they are about people finding out what they're up to. Yes. For people who seem to manage to bury secrets really well, yeah. for the most part, they're like, this guy's, a drawing of this guy's face got in the newspaper. Yeah. And we are freaking out. Out also, about it. I know what this guy looks like, and I don't think anybody's getting him from this drawing. No, not at all. Not it's, at all. I mean, if I was cigarette smoking man, I'd be like, I've never seen that guy before. What are you yeah. Who, uh, oh, How can you tell this, who that is? Yeah. That is like the goofiest face you I've could, ever seen. You could say you're being racist if you think yeah. it's this guy. It looks like, you know those uh, magnetic, like uh, old school magnetic toys that are like, you have a face, like a clown's face that you can uh-huh. get the little beard shavings and make yeah, a mustache yeah, yeah. on. It looks just like it that. It looks like that. It looks like that. Nobody's catching anybody. No. But that scene where lone gunmen are skating to get the tape. The best. Pretty great. Could not be more suspicious. No. Children, one guy in a full suit, like full suit, full one one rock and roll guy, one guy in flannels who's yeah. clearly never skated before. Yeah, it could not be more suspicious. What was the plan there? They just needed to hang out while uh, the little guy with the glasses is that Frohickey? Uh, 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 Frohickey. Yeah. While he just went, why couldn't the, they've just gone straight to the locker? I don't know. The I, older I guy's Frohickey, Byers yeah. is the suit, and Langley is right. rock and roll. I didn't understand. The logic of that. Plan. I don't know why that. And, and Mulder's in the car. Like, yeah. Mulder could have just gone. That was a one man job. Yeah, Mulder could have just gone in there. We didn't need four people. No, no. They had okay, to go right of you skates. wait in the car. Two of you skate. Yeah. And one goes in, to the locker. They should get arrested for being pedophiles because yeah, it's all absolutely. children and then these grown ups. Yeah. Um, I do love that moment where Frohickey mm. looks at the pencil. That's a really fun comedic beat where they're all debating oh. the best way to like get the phone number yeah. off of the. Uh, That's sort of a. You know the space pen story where, like, it was like America spent billions of dollars de- developing a pen that could write in space. Right. Oh, it writes upside the, down. And then the Russians were using pencils. Right. Was the, it, that's, it feels like that's a nod to that's that. That's like a, I didn't know about that uh, yeah. anecdote, but I like it. Yeah. But I love Frohickey. Frohickey has a really good moment where he looks at the uh, the pencil. Yeah, and he like sells it. Yeah. Yeah, he really, really sells it. Um, oh, yeah, the syndicate says to uh, uh, Cigarette Smoking Man, one of yours, isn't he? Yeah. Like, so they're so dismissive they're of Cigarette so Smoking Man. They're so bitchy. Yeah. They're such a bitchy crowd. <laughs> yeah, they really are. It's like Mean Girls. Yeah. So for gross. like dudes who are supposedly running the world, they are really overly sensitive, very petty, and very very petty. Yeah, <laughs> just bitchy. I like that. Um, nice guy killed my father. I like that line. Yeah, that great was, line. Yeah. Oh, and when he says, uh, uh, "Are we alone in Mulder?" Oh, says, we're all alone. We're in all New- alone in NYC, sir. New York City. Yeah, very very. That's a very Mulder yeah, line. Yeah, but also. And also feeds into that theme of isolation of being yeah, lonely. Certainly does. And he, when he says, "Mr. Mulder, anyone can be gotten to," and that's when they're like, "Oh, fuck, yeah. Skinner." And that's when the guys are like, "Oh, yeah, these uh, Orioles just came by." Came and got him, but so that was terrible. so badass. Golly chases the oh, ambulance yeah, and gets in. She's rides awesome. and then the shooter comes. Yeah, such a good scene. And I love how she really. I love how much they start to care about Skinner in this episode too. Yeah. Because they see that he's not a part of whatever is going on. Yeah. And in a way, Skinner has more integrity that, than them because his concern, in a way, is not, it's just based on the truth, mm-hmm. too, because he sees something crazy is going on. Yeah. He didn't want to, like, 
David Duchovny, Fox Mulder. Right, he, right, right, he, right. He didn't want to. Right. So he, or David Duchovny. Yeah, or David Duchovny. Yeah. Do you think they hung out, Mitch Pileggi and... Uh, they probably played a pickup game or two together. David Duchovny... Played some basketball. I mean, Mitch is much tougher than yeah. David Duchovny. I bet they hung out in a sauna together. And then it was kind of awkward. They steamed... It got a little weird. And neither of them called yeah. after that. No. Like they tried once. I definitely think they tried to like hang out yeah. socially once. And I think David and Duchovny was like or tried one more time and then Mitch was like, listen, yeah, I come can't on. do this. We're different people. He'd be like, hey, come on, Pelegi. Pelegi, yeah. Um is that how you say it? Pelegi? Pelegi? How do you say I it? I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll ask him when I have him on. Uh the great thing about this episode too is there's nothing uh inherently paranormal about the conspiracy that that Scully is uncovering in this episode and it starts to really bring up the debate within the show if whether the uh there is an alien conspiracy going on or if that stuff is a smoke screen for some other sort of But you see the alien stuff? We do. We do. But for from Scully's point of view. Right. She it could still knows. just be government. Yeah. yeah, everything that she learns can just be government guys looking out for their government stooges, right? And wanting to shut down their work, right? And she's starting to think maybe because they're up, they're obviously up to some sort of weird human testing, kidnapping, abduction, Shit. science, bad black science, murdering stuff. sisters. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. She she's realizing that there's some sort of black science program going on here, right. but it could just be all man-made. Right. And you know that does even later in the series. There's a, a moment where Mulder's confronted with that too. Uh, right. Where no, 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 no. This is all. This is all. Earthbound stuff, and he's already had that happen. Yeah, where people but, um, have like but tried I love to say that. that I love that it really grounds this two-parter in the real world, and I think making the quest, the alien quest, sort of this mythology episode from Scully's point of view does something really interesting, sets it apart from the other mythology episodes. Right. Um, they also have that awesome dark warehouse that has the truth the oh, lights yeah. and the dome ceiling that's awesome yeah the whole idea of like there's another example of something from the mundane world becoming sort of a, 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 yeah. a, a you know a keeper of nightmares like, right right just, right you get something you again like the it's just out in the middle of the nowhere just yeah. in the middle of nowhere they're just corn yeah. they're just like some weird silos yeah. but really they have something yeah when the mosque guys with guns come in it was like genuinely unsettling it's yeah. you see the red door it says 10 13 on it yep, yep. that's his Birthday. And the phone Chris number Carter's. was ten. To the syndicate was ten twelve. Even the actors at this point, I mean, the characters should be like, "Hey, that number shows up <laughs> yeah, a lot." This really is. Why is that number keep there showing must up? Be some significance here, because that's uh, yeah, that's Chris Carter's. Um, um, but uh, and I, uh, Krychek too. Is I like in this episode, Krychek has become really become a bigger problem for the syndicate than Mulder. Yes, of which, course. Which is smart because that. Keeps Mulder alive. Yes. In a way. I mean, Krychek's a fucking he's, survivor, you know? And he's way more destructive than Mulder is to whatever yeah. they're doing. Well, because he only is looking out for himself. Yeah. He's unpredictable, so you don't know. Yeah. He could ally himself with Mulder. Yeah. He really could if it makes sense right. to him. And Mulder can be directed. They can lead him down. Yeah. Krychek a, is doing his own thing. keep him distracted, but yeah. they can't control Krychek at all. Yeah. It's also that that's interesting at the end when they say, we bury the, our dead alive, and then it cuts to Krychek. 
my chick yeah. buried alive with yeah. the black oil. That's fucking rough. So the oilian wants the ship. That's what the oilian wants. I think wants. that's what we're supposed to get is that the yeah. oilian wanted to go back to the ship and then got back to the ship. Yeah. And now Crychek's just stuck there. Yeah. Um, Such it's a, a great image of him pounding on the door. And you feel so sorry for him even though I he's know. been nothing but horrible from the I beginning. I know. He's becoming such a pitiful character. He reminds me of uh, Hair Star from Preacher who's like oh, the antagonist who just keeps yeah. getting, fucked, getting yeah. so fucked up and literally getting parts of his body chopped yeah. off. And everything, and you, and you really, star. you hate him, uh, you want to hate him, but you feel sorry for him. Yeah, you know that's pretty. That's a pretty interesting. Krychek really becomes like a whipping boy in this yes. in this series, and things are gonna keep getting worse. Oh yeah, that's there's what I'm a saying. lot. There's a lot it more. It gets coming. worse and worse and worse. There's a lot what more a coming. Fun. He's such a fun character. Yeah, he's and such a badass too. Like he gets to be really cool. Why isn't that? I haven't seen that actor in more stuff. I don't know. He was great. He was great. He could do good or bad guy, yeah. like, really well. Yeah. He was yeah. fantastic. He has an incredible range. Like, he's even got that, like, when he first shows up, he's kind of dorky. Yeah, he's, he's like a doofus. This, like, yeah. Yeah, this, like, little gopher guy who yeah. just wants to do really well. Yeah. He makes that switch. He's great. Really good. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say before I move on to... No, no. I think that's... Uh, uh, they they uh, said that uh, they made this episode because they wanted to have one. Uh, Frank Spotnitz said that on the message boards, people were like, "Hey, what about Scully's sister's killer? Why isn't she worried about him? She hasn't brought that up." So that's why they wrote these episodes okay. to be like, "Oh, that's right. This should be something that's sort of gets tied up at some point." Right. And this was I, I noted uh, I saw online that this. Uh, Aired in early February of 1996. That's right. So this is Sweeps Month. Oh, so this is these are the big episodes. These are the big episodes. So I was That's thinking right. about that watching. I was these, like, okay, this, this is too big. And the second episode, Apocrypha, is 17 million people watch it, and that's the biggest episode of season three. Yeah. These yeah. Are, oh, really? Yeah. It went down from so this is Sweeps. They're they're putting it all down. Oh yeah, yeah, there. yeah. I mean, these are great. I think this season I haven't counted, but has more mythology stuff than all the other ones, and each one's a big two-parter yeah i think it, it starts off with a three-parter like it's pretty and then nice 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 731 or is a two-parter yeah and that was in november which would have been november sweeps okay this yeah is, see, this is the thing that i started to pick up on oh as a kid watching you know teenager watching i was like oh we're probably gonna get some good mythology stuff yeah. during sweeps that's yeah. when they would like do the big you know, season reveals. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. This is again from Darren Mooney's thing. He talks about uh, Johansson says we'd all be, we all joined thinking we'd come heroes. The madness we planned to unleash on the Japanese, we ended up setting it loose on ourselves because they think there's an atom bomb down there, right. which is an interesting thing. To say. He says the atom bomb was particularly controversial in 95 in no small part due to the significance of the anniversary. The Smithsonian had to back away from a planned exhibit exploring the morality of the decision in 1995 for fear of offending veterans. Wow. The U.S. sent an official diplomatic envoy to Hiroshima's annual memorial ceremony for the first time in 2010 that's how long it took for wow. them and and we are that i mean 96 95 that's 50 years yeah it's yeah really yeah it. and they were big. just smithsonian was doing an exhibit on like was it the right thing to do i mean we just bombed civilians like yeah. the craziest thing that you can I do remember to that i remember that discussion kind of popping up and yeah and they have like hiroshima so, stamps even and that yeah. was controversial well, it's crazy that why can't we talk about that? They still want an apology, and the government has still 
refused to apologize. He says the Japanese government allegedly described the possibility of Obama apologizing for the bombing as a non-starter, which would do nothing. It would just—it is just literally a gesture of like, "Hey, really sorry about that." It's a crazy over-response. That's the atom bomb. That's I mean, the holy le- shit. apologizing for an atom bomb. There's a great Radio Lab episode. Insane. That's about a guy. Uh, and you gotta, I, I don't think I've talked about it on this, but there's a guy who is in Hiroshima, gets, is within a mile of the explosion, everything shuts down, crawls, he has to go back to his family, where his family is, he works for Mitsubishi or something, goes back home the next day to Nagasaki, and is Shut within a mile up. of the bomb again. Lives to be 80 something. That guy lived through the apocalypse. Yeah. He saw... They were saying it's... um, uh, The atom bomb, the radiation from it, is not felt that much anymore because it just dissipates. It goes. But if it gets into the food, that's when it just stays there forever. Yeah. But this guy is basically... They describe his left arm getting all, like, all the skin falling off and stuff. And he lived to be, you know, in his 80s. But that's pretty... Interesting. Okay, so this is what Frank Spotness says. I think the X-Files was the first series to have a deep relationship with its fans via the internet. While we were writing the show, I'd frequently check out the news groups and then the message boards to see how fans were responding to the stories. Um, in one instance, a fan's question about the aftermath of Melissa Scully's death inspired a two-part episode. This one, the interesting thing is that the fan base uh, evolved. I suspect of the people who are talking and following the X-Files online now weren't online when the show was first broadcast. So, And it's interesting because um, people on the message boards, because the message boards are now back, uh, people on the message boards are talking to they know that they're reading him so they have like attention chris carter and that kind of stuff multiple messages like no showrunner would tolerate that behavior today well it's you're seeing the beginning of the sense of entitlement that fans have over the stuff that they watch where they think they should be able to affect how it is there was it never used to be like if you read a book you wouldn't be like hey what is this? Change it. Now I feel like because the distance between like people making something and people enjoying it is kind of gone Yeah. because of the internet, there's a sense of entitlement. And I see it more in the video game world than anywhere else. But people think like, hey, what the fuck? Do this. Well, I was on a show for seven seasons that was oh, that show, full of fan entitlement. I'm sure that show and, was. Yeah. And, and uh, I think that they're – this is me speculating. I, I think that they're – I think – I kind of feel like some of that's now gotten in the, that entitlement has gotten in the way of fans getting what they want. Cause now I almost feel like sometimes there's people like, Oh, they want this. We're going to do this instead Yeah, because they want to surprise people or shake it off. Oh, that's interesting. So they go the other way, but it's also like fans, if you want to affect it, become a writer and do something. Exactly. Like listen to this one. This is a personal message to Chris Carter. If he really reads this news group, like he says he does (laughs) already a little bit of attitude. (laughs) I have to ask you just one question. Are you reading these scripts before you produce them? The quality of the show has gone to hell in a handbasket. I used to watch a show four or five times a week in anticipation of the next. I'm not, like, misreading it. There are full of typos. I memorized, M-E-M-E-R-I-Z-E-D, all the cool quotes and all the episodes from all my favorite characters. Now I watch the show, and at the end, I think what happened to the show, that was once my life. I've watched the show since the very first episode, and this season has got to be the worst. Not all the episodes were bad, but none of them were exceptionally great. If you hate it so much, 
Why yeah. are you still watching it? There is this thing. There's a, an obsession to, especially with TV shows, to keep it exactly the way it is. Well, it's interesting because now this is like I want it to be just like season. And, people and obviously don't want shows change. are better in some seasons than they're not. Some shows really right. do get worse. And what's happening is the show's getting bigger. So it's these but, people who are like sort of being like hipsters. Like yeah. they're watching their thing become everybody's thing. Because I would argue this show is getting better at this point. I think so. For he sure. Says, continues. I think the probable is that you are writing to satisfy all of the audience instead of the audience that made this show a hit. Me. It was people like me <laughs> that stayed go. home on Fridays to watch the show. And now I feel that I've been replaced by a bunch of people looking for another Melrose place to watch. Whoa. This last episode, Sigidi was just terrible. Deep Throat is dead. The conspiracy is too big and the relationship is too close. Eh, that's some sort of valid points. I beg you to give me back my livelihood. My, oh my God. I don't know what that means. I bring the show back from the abyss and then people are responding. A television program has become your life. That is the most pathetic thing yeah. I've ever heard. This thing, <laughs> well, although you are on this message board trash shocking this person, but this is fascinating. And that person has their full name on. That's interesting. That, so many of these people have their full name and address And on. how amazing that this person is basically like, I identify with the X-Files. Yeah. This is who I am. And now you're changing me and yes. you're taking me out of it. Yes. Take, they're literally saying, put me back in the show. Yes. Exactly. It's so... Which it's, is fascinating. We're seeing, like, the rise of that entitlement that Oof. we were talking about. But that... And also that inability to distinguish yourself between the... Uh, uh, between... Uh, from the things that you love. I honestly... There's you know? a lot of that going on, and I feel like a show like Walking Dead... Yeah. ...has that so much. And I only know it because I did this show called The Talking Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I kind of, you know... I'm a comedian, so I was like kind of making fun of it. Not in a bad way. I liked the show. I was just... And some people got so angry where it was like, you cannot say anything about this. People think it's... Them. The way people talk about it, it's like real life. And it's, it's about... insanity. But they're also... The, it's them. They yeah. are the show. They I mean, are identifying with the thing I that they love. I can't believe how obsessed people get with the show. Anyway, um, I have a podcast where I'm watching yeah. a 20-year-old <laughs> yeah, show every single episode <laughs> and talking about it for longer than the episode is. <laughs> so, uh, I don't know if I get to talk. Uh, there's another person who writes to Chris Carter who really, really likes the show. Um, um, there, I've gotten a lot of emails from people who, uh, women who are scientists now, who uh, they said that uh, she was one of the people that really sort of inspired a lot of young women to pursue a career in science. Which is awesome. And there was even another moment in, I think, the first... Uh, in Piper Maru, where there was another scientist who was shocked to learn that a lady was a doctor. Yes. Yes. I love yeah. that she keeps running into these <laughs> sexist doctors and scientists. Uh, dear Mr. Carter, thank you so much for Dana Scully. Thank you for presenting a beautiful young career-oriented woman. It's intelligent, courageous, witty, and sensitive. I truly cannot think of a comparable female TV character. I wanted to tell you that you are sending out a terrific message while creating a wonderful role model for young children. Also, as you are surely aware... Uh, Gillian Anderson is simply fantastic. The entire cast is incredible. I didn't mean to draft a note of superlatives, but there really is no other choice. Keep up the fantastic work and continue, continue to trust your instincts on the plot and character development. Um, so that's, I, it's cool to see that like sort of happening, uh, cause it is a female character. Like, I'm not, I don't know all TV shows super well, uh, 
like Murder She Wrote. She was a strong female. I would guess. I haven't watched it. I watched it when I was a little kid. Yeah. She used to solve murders. Yeah. But um, but this is a very specific thing, like a science woman who's super awesome smart, and strong, kicking yeah. ass in like a man's world. You know, yeah. like dudes with guns and suits. And yeah. She's great. Well, this is... I agree with that. This letter, sort of goes 100%. to what you were saying about people who can't distinguish or they think, had a record bad week. My ex gave me lots of problems. An arsonist almost killed my parents. School was a bitch. School was a bitch. Come so late. The arsonist is by far the only problem you've had this week. My ex gave me a lot of problems. School sucks. So much homework. My parents got third degree burns from an arsonist. That was your only problem that month. Well, here it is. Weather here in Chicago was even worse than usual. Oh, God. And my little boy was sick. (laughs) <laughs> Whoa! Uh, somehow though seeing rat boy getting fucked made it all a little better rat boy is what the message boards call cry check. check i hope he figures out how to get out of the silo so he can get his ass kicked a couple more times with Mulder, maybe even scully um this they person has really buried the lead in that list of complaints i would say arsonist almost killed my parents that's that's really intense that's a lot. I mean, I hope her son is okay, but the arsonist is a way bigger problem. Also, nobody responded to this. People were just like, all right, <laughs> they left just, it. just stay away from yeah. this. It's so interesting. That's like when a fan comes up and lists those problems and you go, oh, oh I hope you figure it out. Show. We have to keep the line moving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think uh, my show has the, the solution to your problems. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, they're because uh, for like four or five months, the messages were empty and now they're back. Okay. And it used to be each episode in season one would have like 15 to 20 messages yeah every day there are close to over a hundred for every single day what it's else, getting overwhelmed what else do you, have you figured out in your research what other shows at this time are getting that much of a message board play um, like is that uh, what we star call trek message? star trek obviously the next people, generation still on right people are talking about the next generation yes what what other show what other like non-syndicated like you know, network TV shows are getting this much well, not, talk. Not, I mean, I'm looking at the X-Files message board, so I just see yeah. the X-Files. But, like, I know Dr. Quinn is a big show right oh, now. Oh, yeah. Dr. Quinn's a big show. There's another uh, Chicago Hope is a show oh, that yeah. uh, people yeah. are talking about every now and then. Um, well, the other thing people are talking about is a lot of people are saying that David Duchovny wants off the show. And this is what, uh, while reading in a magazine, I came across an article that clearly said David Duchovny was going to leave the X-Files. Um, someone else said, no, the story that started this rumor was that David Duchovny was making some noise that he would like some time off to pursue movie possibilities. That's all. He didn't say he was leaving the, the show, so fear not. And then there's a quote from him. And this is all sort of foreshadows what happens to him later, right? Yeah. And this is also around the time. Uh, what show is David Caruso on? Like oh, NYPD, NYPD Blue. Blue, where he's like, I want to do. He's movies. like, oh, I'm a huge. This is this is like we're seeing a sort of a seismic yeah. shift where TV stars are actually breaking over into movies now in a big in a way. And that, now it's sort of a thing that happens. Yeah, I mean, Clooney's getting he, probably getting huge around this point. Oh, you Clooney's I mean? the one that did it all for all these people. It must have been. I mean, yeah. he was on ER for a while, but like, think about that. So, uh, but 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 that was always that once that rumor 
rumor was started, I remember knowing that that David Duchovny was sort of like the sort of Damocles over that series. That like he was, and he, always seemed to be that yeah. he wasn't going to finish out. He the moved show. it from Vancouver to L.A. Yep, yep. and he left. And this is a quote from the February 10th uh, to 16th issue of TV Guide '96. Meanwhile, David Duchovny is negotiating with X Files producers to cut back his schedule to allow him time to shoot feature films. I love outside work, but I haven't done any since the show started. I want to do 20, 22 episodes rather than 25. It would be hard for me to stay if the producers don't budge. Yeah. So that's that's sort of a threat. So yep. it's interesting that yep. already season three, right when it's going from cult to mainstream hit, yep. already these issues are starting to crop Well, up. and they're probably, this is around the time that Fox is going to renegotiate his contract with... Uh, oh, you think so? Yeah, their contract... Because now they're all seven years. Yeah, because they're also... And they probably started off being seven years, but I think that what's... You know, if a show's a big hit around season three... Three is when... You go Big Bang. They Yeah, they renegotiate, and they go, yeah. well... We can give you more money now, and he's going. You know, this all sounds like renegotiation tactics. Yeah. Well, it's it, this is interesting because Chris Carter at a convention says that he's going to do an X Files movie, and it's going to be released in late '97 or early '98. So already they're talking about this. Yeah. Like season three, it comes out after season five, so that would be this is '96 and '97. It comes out '98. Yeah, '98. I think it comes out somewhere in '98. So they're already talking about doing a movie and stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's you know his plan was to do apparently five seasons, and then the movie. And that would be it. Would have been perfect. It would have been. Um, the other thing, this is just a weird thing. Uh, my cousin, who looks like Gina Davis, <laughs> is a Mulder lover for sure. She is 23, tall, and educated. You know what's funny is that my parents wanted me to get arranged married. This is real. This is me. And I would get like emails about girls, and it was always this kind of stuff. She has a BA in this. She has school. Did they all look like Gina Davis? Cause no, but some of them were real babes. Yeah. She would love it. You, if I you, you, you struck gold in the end. Yeah, I did okay. She would love it if I got her in touch with some Mulder lookalikes. Anyone in the L.A. area specifically? This is one of the responses. Check out Alex Austin, a gay male porn star. Looks a lot like David Duchovny, at least from the waist up. I looked him up. Very handsome man. Very. In, but he's a gay male porn star. Yeah, so there's the, I mean, she has no access to this she, guy. No, but... Well, right. Right. I mean... And even if you did have access, it's not going to do anything for you, is it? The gay male porn star? Yeah. I think a lot of gay male porn stars are actually straight. Oh, God. But, God, I, I mean, I don't think this story has a happy What else do you know about gay male porn stars? Um, just, you know, because the money in gay porn is better than money yeah. in straight porn. Yeah. So, sometimes from you From the just, waist up, they look a lot like Duchovny. Yeah, sometimes they look a lot like Duchovny, Duchovny from the waist up. And if you, you just have to get super high and do what needs to be done. I love that know? she can't confirm... If he looks like Duchovny from the waist down. Clear, like, <laughs> I can't. Con yeah. Uh, I think I think it's a guy that's responding to that. Oh. Um, uh, a lot of talk of perhaps David Duchovny leaving. Here's the interesting thing. So in the last episode, which hasn't. You haven't heard it because it hasn't come out yet. There's three episodes in a row where Mulder and Scully are sort of at odds. So everyone thinks that there's some sort of big rift coming. Turns out. I think it's just that those three episodes were together and they really shouldn't have been because they right. were like, it'd be fun where they're fighting. And then they just did three in a row of that. It's so interesting how much people are reading into the dynamic of the show. Right. Knowing that some of these things carry through. 
Yeah, but some, some of them, them don't. don't. Yeah, so this person says, okay, okay, so I'm now beginning to believe that CC has never actually planned a rift between the two. After all, plan being the operative word. I think the elements that we have all perceived as a schism between our two heroes are only unconscious attempts by CC and the writers to establish uh, that the Scully Mulder relationship is mostly professional, one platonic and friendly, but no more. Um, so basically, people are saying that like all that bickering and stuff was. They thought it was something bigger, and it really that wasn't could, anything. That could bigger. have been a cool story arc, though. If there was I think it something been, right? that would have pit the two of them, I mean, it would be tough because it's it's sort of like breaking the soul of the yeah, show. Yeah, people would have hated the soul it. Of the show, people would have hated it. Their trust in one another is what's tantamount. But yeah. today, I could see them being like, and of course, this is the season where they hate each other. Yeah, you know what I mean? Oh, totally, totally. You know, there, 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 there's a there's a pitch for that, you know. Um, again, a lot of people. I've noticed that a number of headers have the word spoilers. Could someone please explain to me what that is for? <laughs> people didn't know what spoilers Ow. was. It's also interesting the way people write is is so different. Where like, all right, well, thanks for reading that kind of stuff. Yeah. Just the internet language hasn't etiquette. Yeah, hasn't developed yet, and people are writing their names and their addresses. I'm actually really stuff. surprised that spoilers is a word that's been around that long. I guess so. I mean, that's. 20 years ago. Yeah. Oh, and someone says IMHO, which is one of the first, like, internet-y acronyms uh, that I've seen. Wow. Is in this, IMHO, in my home. Are there opinion. any internet acronyms that you've seen or any, like, things that just did not survive? I haven't seen much, honestly. Like, there's no LOL yet. But there's no there like LOL. A, was there's, there something before LOL? Not that I've seen. Yeah. I haven't seen anything that I didn't really get. I just see that people aren't talking the way they talk on the internet. People are talking the way they email each yeah. other. Where there's, like, more of a formality to it. Yes. And there's, like, a sort of a goodbye. It's not just, right. like, this is my point, and I'm gone. It's like, all right, that's it. That's all I have to say. There's always a conclusion. Yeah, I remember when uh, I was first exposed to email uh, in, like, middle school... Yeah. I would print them out and keep them because I thought they were like a letter. Okay. Like a pen pal letter that I had to hold. You know what I mean? I didn't. You didn't need to. I was also a dumb kid. But yeah, yeah. Super dumb. Yes. Yeah, super dumb. <laughs> it's scared of ET. Um, I remember once I, I was, I worked at a school where I would, uh, well, kids had laptops and I would, um, sort of help them learn how to use laptops. And this one person was like, I have this file and I'll send it to this person. So I was like, just attach it and send it. And they were like, no, but then it'll go to them. I also want to keep a copy. And I want oh. to give them a, cop a photocopy of this file. And I was like, oh, because you don't really, have a, it makes sense in the real world. You have something you give to someone else. You don't gone. have it anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's like a different way of thinking. Yeah. Which is why I think specifically, I think people are starting to think of computers as like a physical space, which is why I think when you two did that thing where they gave everyone free album, people got so angry. Yeah, I think it's like you put something in my drawer. Yeah, don't do that. I, that's clutter. This is I my shit. It. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't. Some people were defending like it's free stuff. Just delete it. It's not that. It's the idea that you have something that's yours. And it's really not because people not. can read it. No. And they say everybody's reading your shit, but it's the yours. illusion yeah. is this thing of like, this is my space. It's a physical space. And it's a violation. Have, have you seen uh, Rewind This? No. Documentary about the VHS era. No, that sounds awesome. One of the best documentaries that came out last year. One of the best movies that came out this past year. But there's a big conversation about that from the jump from physical media to digital media and how huh. everything that you have now that's digital, you don't buy. You're really just renting it. You know, oh, right. You know, oh, yeah. that whole thing about the 1984 uh, that people had downloaded in there. Of course, it was 1984, but they had 
in their Kindles that Amazon had some sort of copyright issue. And so people who had bought this book, they woke up oh, and deleted from their Kindle I didn't library. know that. Yeah. So there's, it's all about that. That's so, I mean, and on Christmas Day, I had friends over and we were going to watch the interview. Mm-hmm. And uh, Xbox Live was down and I'd already bought it. And it was just like, but I've already bought the movie and I can't watch it it's so frustrating there's no like physical thing anywhere it's just all out there that's why I think the things you really want buy them no I love buying physical stuff even video games yeah have them on your shelf I like having the box yeah you can go get it all right. Well, thanks so much for coming, dude. Oh, thanks thanks what, for having me. Uh, oh, this was so much fun. Oh, dude, that was perfect. Thanks for coming. We'll have you back. We. Me. Me will have you back. Oh, um, you and Dustin. What, um, and Dustin. Dustin, will you? He's nodding, yeah. I'm sure. Yes. Um, what, um, what do you want to plug? You're on Twitter. Uh, I'm on Twitter, at McMills, M-C-M-I-L-L-Z-Z. Okay. Uh, I don't tweet a, a whole lot. But, yeah. Um, if you're a True Blood fan... Uh, it's the season. The series is done series now. Series finished this summer, but there's a bunch of comic books that I wrote. Uh, True Blood. Uh, oh, nice. Uh, True Blood, uh, Tainted Love, and the True Blood Ongoing, which are all collected in hardbound. So if you want more True Blood, you can get it through there. And Steve Newland's Field Guide to Vampires. And I also have another comic book uh, that I wrote called Lucid, which is uh, collected in a graphic novel. And I don't know, watch for me on upcoming episodes of Hot in Cleveland. Oh, and, cool. Uh, you're on that show. And yeah, then Silicon, and Silicon Valley, Valley, which will start season. in April, and you're in episode six, I believe, is the I number. Am. Yes. Thanks so for coming. You're going to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was the two episodes that are Apocrypha and Piper Maru. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed listening to him. Hope you guys like Michael McMillan. I'm going to have him back because I think he's awesome. Next week, we're talking about Pusher and Teso dos Bichos. Um, mm-hmm. Pusher, well, just watch him and then we'll talk about him. And um, the guest is going to be, well, you'll see who the guest is. It's Gabe Liedman. Now I made it sound like yeah, it's going to be like it was crazy. David Duchovny. It's not. I will say, I think, I, I think I'm going to be able to get those guys on. Anyway, um, you know, the X-Files files at gmail.com, reddit.com slash X-Files files at X-Files files on Twitter. And, uh, oh, go on iTunes and hit subscribe to this podcast. That's how. That's the way. That's how we get David Duchovny on the podcast. That's how we get David Duchovny on the podcast. He said if it got a certain number of subscribers. I can't tell you what the number is. Also, Kumail dreamed this and has now decided it's real. Yes. (laughs) Um, I will say that some Silicon Valley people met him at a Globes Mm -hmm. after party that I wasn't, I I didn't meet him. No, during the Globes. Yes. But somebody met him. And he likes the show. So, let's see what happens. Love you all individually. Do you like science? Do you like jerks? If you answered yes or no, or declined to state because you Illuminati, man. Then you should check out the Science Jerks podcast on the Boardwalk Audio Network. Each episode, we talk about science news and play games with our comedian friends. The Science Jerks. It's science merged with comedy. Because Let's do some science.